Welcome back to the latest Head of the Pack. I'm Matt Schneidman here with, what, what am I calling you now? Billy Scoops, Breaking News Billy. Uh, what, what else? You got any other nicknames? No, that's enough. That's enough. <laughs> All right. Uh, Bill with, with the big scoop on the Devondre Campbell re-signing. And then the Packers will not bring back Corey Bohorquez. We'll get into all those. We haven't talked to you guys since um, the Combine. So there's been plenty that's gone down, starting with Aaron Rodgers signing a essentially what is a three-year, $150 million extension, which he'll be, he'll be the starting quarterback for the Packers for at least – Two more seasons, probably a third. And then after that, it's probably less likely he is still playing football. But, you know, never say never with him. You never know what's going on in his head. So we'll start there. I'm, I wasn't surprised that he got that money. Um, I thought it was interesting to see the, I guess, the commitment since it was reported the first two years are fully guaranteed. So that's essentially good faith on his part by saying, yeah, I'll be here for the next two years. I'm just glad we don't have to do this all again next next offseason. I'm hoping. God, isn't that the truth, Matt? Good heavens. <laughs> um, it, it, everybody is, you know. Nobody, it's like, I would say three quarters of Packer fans are like, just tell me when you got a resolution. You know, nobody cared anymore um, about the daily comings and goings and rumors and all that. Um, it is interesting. It, it is all... It's all option based. You now the Packers, could, if the Packers activate an option, he's back, and so there's, it's a lot of guaranteed money. It's gigantic cap or a giant, gigantic amounts of dead money if he doesn't come back. But this is the price of doing business. It's, it's hard having a, it's hard having a quarterback like this financially because you're really hamstrung by it. But you, you know, what are you going to do, right, Matt? It's either, it's either you suck it up and pay the guy and bend over backward to make him happy, or you go to Jordan Love, you lose a lot of football games, right? I mean, that's that's the alternative. You just kind of yeah, you, you, deal with it. You would think that's what happens if if they go to Jordan Love, uh, at least more more losses than they've had with Aaron Rodgers. Um, what do you think this means for Jordan Love? Now, obviously, they're not going to exercise his fifth-year option because that would guarantee his salary an amount for which is not yet set by the league, but he wouldn't be on essentially a rookie, a rookie salary anymore. Um, and that would guarantee his salary for 2024. So it's fifth year in the league. Now they have to do that by next off season, next May, I believe May 2nd is the deadline to do it right. this off season um, for the likes of Rashawn Gary and Darnell Savage jr. But the Packers would not guarantee Jordan loves fifth year salary. If, they're unsure whether Rodgers will be on the team or not. And and that would be the third year of Rodgers' deal. So there's a, a decent chance he is still on the team. So they're not going to guarantee that salary. Now, do they trade Jordan Love now and recoup whatever they can? Do they let him play in the preseason, cross their fingers he plays well to try and raid his tra- raise his trade value, and then trade him before the season or during next season? Or do they not trade him? Keep a guy who knows the system as a backup, and then see what happens in free agency. What's your What's your 
best guess? Look into your crystal ball. I'm assuming he's going to stick around. They, yeah. I mean, they have such gigantic cap problems, and that's not going to help. Um, his if if they were to get rid of Jordan Love right this very second, um, they'd be adding another three point nine four million dollars to the cap problem. Mm-hmm. You can't do that. Um, and you're right. He a so you got the financials. Um, he knows the offense, obviously. He knows Lafleur. He knows what Lafleur is looking for. And he, you know, no, he was not impressive. But remember, he missed his entire rookie year preseason because of COVID. And then he hurt his shoulder in his first preseason game this year. So I would think that they got to think that there's there's some upside there yet. So you combine the upside with the money, his knowledge of the offense. In fact, you got to go get another quarterback. You know what? And there's no guarantee Rodgers is back in 23, right? I mean, probably is. But, I mean, he could retire. I mean, he could take, you know, God forbid he takes a, gets a serious injury or something. He says, you know what? I've had enough. Or they win a Super Bowl and he rides off in the sunset. At least your quarterback's still in our contract. Exactly. That would be kind of a dick move if he did that. It would <laughs> after be. After one year. It would be. But? After two years, not so much. After one year, yeah, it definitely would. <laughs> so, I, I, I think I think you got to at least consider the possibility. Slim as it is, as, in, as unlikely as it is, you better at least cover your butt. Yeah, I agree. Now, what we don't know, because the Packers would never, as we've discussed, say this publicly or, uh, you know, leak it privately, is if they think Jordan Love's any good. <laughs> there like, is that. Like, I understand wanting a quarterback who knows the system, but wouldn't you want a quarterback who knows the system and is also good? Like, if they don't think Jordan Love is... Jordan Love is good enough to win them a football game, which he hasn't proven that he is. And, and granted, he hasn't been given ample opportunity to prove that he is uh, for the reason that they have the MVP at quarterback. Who says they want him? I mean, I know Brian Gutekunst said he's very doubtful. That was the phrase he used when we talked to him before the combine that uh, he would entertain trade calls for Jordan Love. A, who knows if those calls are coming? And B, if another team says we'll give you a second round pick in this year's draft, see you later, Jordan Love. Like you got to do that because True. you're not obviously not going to get a first round pick. Third round pick, I think it would you'd have to think about it. Second round pick, I think you send him away. I don't even know if those trade calls are coming. Um, but if the Packers feel that they're going to have Aaron Rodgers potentially in 2024 and at least 2023, which my best guess is they will. Um, I, I would think you want to maybe switch Jordan Love for an asset. That that would I think he'll stay. What would I do? I would trade him, but there's a reason I'm not a GM. So I, I think he'll be here. We know there's no franchise that values the backup quarterback position more than the Packers. Um, so that's kind of why I'm leaning that way. Yeah, I guess if you get a second rounder for him, but I just I find that impossible to believe they're gonna get a second round pick for the guy. Right, I agree. I mean, well, Jim I mean, Nagy, Jim he, Nagy did say the guy who runs the Senior Bowl said, you know, talking to people around the league, and he's well connected that, you know, he's hearing teams could be willing to offer a second rounder. Right. Um, I am less connected than Jim Nagy, and I had, um, if anybody gives the Packers more than a three, they're stupid. 
That was the right. pretty much the quote that I got. But again, that's one man's opinion from one team. Right. Um, Jim knows more. Um, Jim's also brought in Jordan the senior bowl, so he's got some impetus to to speak highly of him. Right. Um, gosh, if you, I guess if you get a second, yeah, you you probably go for him. I mean, who who couldn't use a second round pick right now? They can use all the cheap talent they can get at this point. Right. So that makes sense. Um, but man, he was the guy who threw 17 interceptions that last year at Utah State. And I realize the, the circumstances around that. But did he look any different than that this year? I mean, he had as many turnovers as Rodgers did this year while playing 12% of the snaps. Mike, Mike, you can't you can't play that way. And, and, that, and that is the film everybody saw. Yep. That's how it is. That's where they're at right now with their quarterback position. Now, their second best player is also in kind of a an interesting spot right now because uh, it doesn't seem like he's going to play on the franchise tag. Now, listen, there there's four months from yesterday mm-hmm. to figure this out. There's plenty of time. Deadlines always spur action, just like they did last year when Aaron Rodgers wasn't going to show up, and then he did because deadlines spur action. Um, now, I, I don't know this to be dead set true, but I wouldn't be surprised if that's Frank Bauer, Devontae Adams' agent, telling Rappaport, put this out there, let's put some pressure on the Packers, and then Rappaport reports that Devontae's not going to play on the franchise tag. So he uh, is pressured to, or the Packers are pressured to get a deal done. Listen, I don't, this is business. I don't blame Devontae for doing this. He can't, you can't be satisfied making around the same money as Christian Kirk when you're the best wide receiver in the league. I don't blame him for wanting whatever he wants. That's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to get what you're worth, and he's worth a lot of money compared to the market. Now, this DeAndre Hopkins contract has effed up this whole thing because obviously Devontae and his agent are going to you know, take that contract for like as a reality as the highest paid in the league. When in reality, that's not really the case if you look at how it's structured. But listen, there's four months. I think something eventually gets done because D- Devontae did say he's not going to, you know, um, forfeit money that he's already earned. And that would mean that he doesn't sit out. We'll see if that stance has changed given the circumstances that he's in right now. But uh, I ultimately think something gets done because. Aaron Rodgers, as I tweeted yesterday, if if Devontae Adams doesn't play, Aaron Rodgers is going to walk into Goody's office and give him a nice uppercut to the face. <laughs> You're right, Matt. Um, I, th- I think you hit on all the key points there. It is a long time until August 1st or whenever the heck. Actually, yeah, end of July he has to sign that, right? It's a long July time. July 15th, yep. July 15th, long time until that happens. And he's got all the leverage here, all of it. The Packers need his money. They need to get him off that franchise tag. Yeah. They need to get him. They, they need to get him off of it yesterday. Um, it's it's twenty point one million. If they extend him, it's going to be nine or ten million, whatever that cap number is going to be. Yep. And that's ten million dollars that they can use to I don't know sign a punter or sign an offensive dra- lineman. Sign draft picks. <laughs> sign yeah, those would be handy, right? Um, maybe it's a, all those maybe a free agent. <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's all those nickel dime moves that you got to make during the season. Yeah. You know, Rasul Douglas said to come here for free. Those, those transactions cost money, and they're going to need all that money. The sooner the better. So, um, it makes all the sense in the world for Frank Bauer to say that, Devontae's agent, and I'm sure that's where it came from. 
It's, it's like, let's put the screws to these guys. I think the Packers are almost in a position where they've got to overpay. Whatever they think they need to pay Adams, they probably got to do more because they've just got to get off the franchise. Because they are, I don't know if you want to talk about this later, Matt, but they have nowhere to turn for money. They have no, because they restructured all these contracts last year. They restructured more of them this year. There's nobody left. There's no money tree to shake. The only guys you can cut is Dean Lowry. You can save $4 million there. You can say, fine, cut Dean Lowry. Their Dean line depth chart right now, Kenny Clark, Dean Lowry, TJ Slayton, and, um, oh my God, totally drew, drew, the, the undrafted guy from, from Northern Iowa or Northern Illinois slash Iowa. Guy just totally drew a blank on him. Heflin, Jack Heflin. Those are the only four linemen under contract. So you can't cut Lowry. Because who the hell is going to play? No, I mean... Um, if you get rid of Mercedes Lewis, no. who's your tight end? You because Tunyon might go. You said then you have no tight end. Um, Yeah, there, there's nowhere to go financially other than Devontae Adams. Extending Jair Alexander. Yeah, but that's not going on. I think that apparently, happens apparently, at some... I think that happens right. at some point this summer. I know you and I have both talked to some people about that. Um, obviously, the, the negotiations aren't just going to be, hey, make Jay your highest paid. Okay, we'll do it. Like The Packers are obviously going to have some pushback on that, because maybe in part because he didn't play really last season. But, you know, from what I was told, the, the Jair will only do a deal that makes him the highest paid cornerback in the league. And like Devontae, I don't blame him for that. Now, is Jair the number one, number two, number three, when healthy, whatever. But the point is, that's how the NFL works. Like, if you're in that stratosphere, you have to reset the market. That's just how, how it works. Um, two years ago, was David Bakhtiari better than Trent Williams? Maybe, but Trent Williams was the highest paid by like $100,000. It's not all based on talent. Jair's definitely in the consideration. So that's why I said the other day, what, what whoever his next deal is from, I would expect it to be highest paid in the league. And that's over $20 million a year because that's what Jalen Ramsey makes as number one. That could free up some cap space too. But yeah, like you said, the the, the money tree's running thin. They only have a, a couple couple more moves to make. I ultimately think Devontae extension and Jair extension get done this offseason, but neither certainly seems imminent. Yeah, they got to get Jair done too, but you're right. Nothing is happening presently. So you just got to get Devontae done. You got to make him happy, then figure out the rest from there. Um, But they are in bad shape. People are going to be complaining here pretty soon um, when the Packers aren't signing guys. I know Field Yates had a tweet yesterday. I think Green Bay was like one of nine teams who hadn't signed somebody. It's not going to get any better. There's just no... And I saw some people... You got to get creative. There's there's nowhere to get creative. <laughs> there isn't. There's, there's there's no one left other than, than getting Adams done and get Jair done in time, and then you'll be okay. And in the long run, they're going to be okay too because the cap's going to go way up in time. But for the here and now, it's going to be really, really hard to improve this roster. The best they can do is get as many of their guys back and, and hope that when push comes to shove that you're really good players come through in the big games, which they have not done. Let's talk about uh, the news that you broke the other day. Um, Devondre Campbell re-signing with the Packers on a five-year, $50 million deal. After uh, 
I believe it was Aluakun who signed with the Jaguars for $15 million a year. I was like, oh, man. I, I think you and I both thought, like, Devondre Campbell is going to get a lot more money than we thought. But $10 million a year, he doesn't hit the open market, and the Packers retain their best defensive player from a year ago. I think that's huge. I mean, obviously, Rodgers and Adams were the first two priorities this offseason. But Devondre Campbell, his tackling ability is ridiculous. <laughs> I, I think a really neat stat from Pro Football Focus is his missed tackle percentage was 2.8%. That was first among 74 linebackers in the NFL who played at least 400 defensive snaps, and he played over 1,000 defensive snaps. The only game he missed, the only game he has missed in the last couple of years is the meaningless season finale against the Lions when uh, the Packers held him out with an injury for precautionary reasons. He would have played, Matt LaFleur said, if that game meant anything. Um, good run defender, good pass defender, really good tackler, covers sideline to sideline, um, had a couple interceptions. I, I think getting him back is massive. And um, I'll ask you, since you were the one who broke it, were you surprised at, at that figure that he ended up getting? Did you think he was going to get more? Yeah, for sure. Um, I had, after Oluokun, is that how you say it? I just know how to spell guys' names. I don't know. I think so. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. After he signed, um, that I, I screenshotted the tweet from Rappaport, whoever it was, and I texted to Joe Panos, who is the former Badger lineman who happens to be Campbell's agent, just to see if he'd respond, and he didn't. Like an hour later, Panos calls me, and I said, I got DC signed, <laughs> and I go with who? Because <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, he's not coming here. Um, and I, yeah, I was floored at, at that price. I I just assumed that Campbell must have wanted to be here. And the much as these guys don't take discounts, I, I, I would think he probably took a discount for a guy who's been a pretty good player, and he really hit his stride here, and everything kind of came together for him. I think he probably thought, you know what? I got a good thing going here. I'm gonna make a lot of money. The team's good. Let's let's roll with it. So that it's a it's a huge signing. Without him, the starting linebackers today would be Chris Barnes and Ty Summers. Ugh. Ugh is right. So you got a the first Packers first all pro linebacker since Ray Nitschke in nineteen sixty six. That Back, was so that was the year my dad was born. My dad turns fifty six tomorrow. So that's a long time ago. It's yeah, it's a, it's amazing how mediocre they've been. Um, so you you got that squared away, and now you don't have to draft a guy. So now you can go use that first round pick for something else. Yep, because the pressure is off in that regard. Now I assume it was probably an either or between Rasul Douglas and Campbell. And as much as I think cornerbacks the, the more important position, when you just look at the depth charts, it seems like a no brainer that you sign Campbell. At least at least they've got Jair and Stokes to play corner. They've got. No one to play linebacker. And it seems like from from reports, I know you've reported on this as well, Rasul Douglas is still unsigned. Do you think there's any chance he, he stays with the Packers somehow? God, it's hard to see that, man. Again, where, where's the money come from? Unless they get Devante extended like now. Yeah. Um, I don't think Rasul Douglas is going to stay unemployed for the foreseeable future. I know I saw him. Um, was like Diana Rossini said that was still possible, but man, I, I just don't, I don't see how that works out. That would be huge because it, 
besides defensive line, the most glaring weakness to me in this defense right now is at nickel. Look, I know Shannon Sullivan's an unrestricted free agent. Um, if they don't bring back Douglas, and maybe even if they do, Shannon Sullivan isn't going to get big money anywhere. And Shamar Jean-Charles didn't show us anything for, for how right. you know he can take over the nickel spot. And Shannon Sullivan is, is nothing special. Um, I'm pulling up the numbers for his coverage stats last year. They're not great. Shannon Sullivan were... allowed 44 completions on 67 targets for 560 yards and four touchdowns last year. Yes, he has but a he... couple interceptions and he makes plays, but he's out of place too often for, for that nickel spot, how, how relevant that is in today's defenses. And I think you can get away with some of it because you have a guy like Campbell there to cover up some mistakes in that second tier, but would, wouldn't you rather... Uh, Jair in the slot and Douglas and Stokes on the outside instead of Jair and Stokes on the outside and Cam and uh, Sullivan in the slot? Absolutely, you would. Um, if you look at the it's, – it's catches per coverage snap. Sullivan's actually pretty decent. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think – I mean, I'm not saying he's a world beater or headed for pro blinders. I, I don't think he's bad. Um it wouldn't be a bad bad fallback plan, you know, unless you go out and get a corner here in the draft and hope for the best. But their corner depth is really weak, which we saw last summer. Remember, Matt? I mean, it was a revolving door, guys, and they were constantly bringing in, mm -hmm. bringing in guys before they kind of looked into Rasul Douglas. So um, I would think he doesn't come back because I think he'll take some money here at some point. But again, if you get Devontae done here quickly, who knows? Let's stick with the defense. Um, the two Smiths. Let's, uh, Neither of those were a surprise. Um, right. Zedarius, shortly before we started recording, uh, signed with the Ravens, his former team. Man, four years and $35 million. That's not a lot compared. He signed four years, 66, with the Packers three years ago, then made the Pro Bowl twice. I mean, I understand he's coming off a back injury, but I thought he might get more than that. Yeah, he's a proven pass rusher, and those guys don't. I just I, this is a great on paper draft class, but whew, two time pro, twenty six sacks the last couple years. That is quite the fall. Um, and I wonder how much that thirty five million is real money, Matt. You know mm -hmm. how these numbers can be inflated when the agents put them out. Um, I wonder how much of that is real, and how, or how much of that is, you know, let's see how you do year one and see, make sure you get year two of where the real money kicks in. So yeah, yeah that it, is a quite a quite quite a fall for sure. With a uh, maximum value of fifty million, that could mean if he flies to the moon, he gets an extra fifteen million. <laughs> like that—that's the—that's my favorite part about all these contracts. Like you see all these tweets from the national reporters saying, "With maximum value, well, what do they have to do in order to get that?" It's like he has to get twenty-five sacks in order to earn three million. Like ninety-nine point nine percent of the time, what is tweeted isn't isn't the real numbers except for Aaron Rodgers contract. Like those, those numbers all came out. It wasn't just one tweet. Like those numbers all came out because I think we were all interested and, and we did get the clarity that we needed about kind of what those numbers showed about the commitment for both sides. But yeah, uh, when healthy, Zedarius is a better player than Preston. I don't think anyone can debate that, but when healthy is the key there. 
My understanding is that Arias is fully healthy, but Preston has proven throughout his entire career that he can stay healthy. And he bet on himself last year, played well. And a Preston Smith, Rashawn Gary, one-two punch, other way around, Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, it's pretty good. You do need a third edge rusher because you can't trot out Jonathan Garvin, Randy Ramsey, um, who's the Tipa. other one? Or Tipa, Tipa yeah, Nalier, Jesus. Yeah. Um, Ladarius Hamilton played some. Stop it. We, we don't. <laughs> stop. Um, <laughs> so do the Packers re-sign Whitney Merciless, or do they get a guy in the draft to be that third guy? Yeah, I'd probably go for the draft, right? And unless unless the board doesn't work out for you, then maybe you revisit it. But I, mean, I, I would think edge rushers probably top one or two needs, and get your guy right there. Get, get your guy there if you can. Again, unless unless it's like receiver back in twenty twenty <laughs> when they all went off the board and you got the quarterback. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I think you prioritize the draft and then revisit it if it doesn't work out for you. Merciless is pretty good, but. Again, these guys are these guys are so stuck on money. You're better off just going young and hoping for the best. Yeah, and I think I got a question in my live chat yesterday saying, "Will the Packers, you know, try and trade up in the draft to get these players to win now?" No, I think it's the opposite. I think they're going to try and trade back because um, they need as many guys on rookie contracts as they can right. get these next couple of years. Because those guys will still be on rookie contracts. Uh, and if you can get draft picks in future drafts, that would be great too because you need as many guys for these next two, three, four years on rookie contracts as you can given the cap hits that are coming down the road with, with Aaron Rodgers. Um, so that's my take on that. I, I think at Edge Rusher, like you said, they got to go draft. Maybe they bring back Merciless. He did some nice things when he was healthy. But he's coming off that torn peck. I know he played in the playoffs, but you never know how that's going to heal. Um, offensive line. What do you think they do there, especially at right tackle, now that they release Billy Turner? Um, Lucas Patrick isn't coming back. Elton Jenkins might not be ready for the start of the season. Give me your starting five to start the season and starting five when Jenkins is back. Bakhtiari, Runyon, Myers, Newman, Nyman. Just starting five, then I think Jenkins. What's well, interesting on, on Jenkins, you know, let's just, let's just say he's not ready until October. I mean, who knows, right? Maybe we saw Bakhtiari. You, you don't know when these guys are going to come back. But what if Nyman starts the first three games? Oh, he's pretty ain't good. Do they stick Jenkins back at guard? I, mean, I suppose. Yeah, uh, it's possible. I, I think you'd want Elton Jenkins at right tackle when he's healthy. And and Yash Nyman pro- proved last season he's a pretty darn good backup option at tackle. Now, can he play right tackle? We don't know. We know he can play left tackle. Uh, we'll see if they re-sign Dennis Kelly to for, I'd assume, what would be really cheap to be that backup right tackle, but as dominant as the left side of the O-line as Bakhtiari and Jenkins would be, tackle spots are important. Protecting Aaron Rodgers' strong side is more important than protecting uh, at the left guard spot, I would say, though both are important. So I would agree with you. Um, 
I never thought Lucas Patrick was going to start. You know, they didn't, I wouldn't say they were trying to phase him out, but if you remember, they didn't have him to, uh, in the starting lineup to start camp last year. And then, um, he had to start obviously. And he, and he's played well the last two seasons, played 90% of the offensive snaps in 2020, 82% last year, started 28 games. He's now with the bears. He'll start for them. I always thought he was going to get starters money somewhere else. Uh, so I wasn't surprised by that, but, that pretty much locks in that Runyon and uh, Royce Newman are going to be starting week one for the Packers. Yeah, you know, Patrick, on the ESPN pass block win rate, he was, I think, number six among guards in 2020 and number three among centers in 2021. This guy's a, guy a pretty dang good football player. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll be interesting. They're probably going to get like a, well, not probably, they'll get a compensatory draft pick for him, maybe a sixth. But if you look at free agency, how it might shake out, they might get three or four comp picks next year, which goes back to what you were talking about a few years ago, where you need as many draft picks as you possibly can because you need a lot of cheap football players. So I, that all kind of works in, in their favor. Also, Matt, they've drafted six linemen the last two years, and they still need linemen. And guess what? Unbelievable. They're, gonna, they're, gonna, they're probably going to draft three more this year. I, it's unbelievable. All the resources. I, look, I realize they're a bunch of late-round picks, and that's kind of how it goes. But... Man, oh man, you draft six and you still need more. Yeah, I mean, you can never have enough depth at offensive line, especially on a team that uh, has had their fair share of injuries the last year on the offensive line. I mean, nobody, aside from John Runyon, I believe, has gotten injured. You know, Bakhtiari, Jenkins, uh, Newman hasn't. Josh Myers, Billy Turner... Corey Lindsley, you know, they need depth there. Depth on the offensive line is probably the most important. Um, We'll stick on offense. We'll bounce around to two more position groups, and then we'll get out of here. Do you think they need a true number two wide receiver, or do you think Alan Lazard is that true number two wide receiver? Oh, gosh, that's a good question, Matt. Yeah, yeah. I will say they need to get one early. Um, I, yeah, I do, I do think Lazard can be a, a number two. But that said, they, they've got to get someone with an early draft pick. You know, preferably a guy who can take that Velda Scantling role of the guy who can go stretch the field for you. Yep. Um, they, you know, Rodgers talked about that last year when, when Velda Scantling was out, that they really missed that. Again, they just, they've, got nobody, they've got nobody waiting in the wings. They're, it's, a, it's a real sore spot for them. So, yeah, I would say... Lazard can be the number two, and he probably will be just because Rodgers likes guys he can trust, and Joel Rookie is not going to be that guy right away. But they've got to go get a – God, they have the draft their first-round receiver since 2002. Maybe this is the year. Maybe this is the year because it's time to go win. Why don't you go help the quarterback out and, and give him someone that can maybe help you out ASAP, but really from there grow into – a real, real good football player for you. So, yeah, I would – of all the years we've all talked about first-round receivers around here, it never happens. Yep. Maybe this is the year where it really does make some sense. Maybe. You know, if a guy like – I know Jamison Williams from Alabama is coming off an ACL tear, but he would go way higher if not for that injury. I don't yep. think he drops to 28, but if he does, that's a guy who can stretch the field for you. Transferred from Ohio State to Alabama – uh, Chris Olave, the Ohio State wide receiver, probably um, 
made falling to the Packers very unrealistic with the performance he put on at the Combine. Dotson from Penn State is an option there late in the first round. I would expect them to draft a wide receiver. Um, Not a slot guy like Amari Rogers, wide receiver in the first three rounds. Listen, I've thought for the last two rounds, two years, or not last year, but the year before they might draft a wide receiver. That obviously didn't happen. I'm just numb to it at this point. I don't think they're going to, but at some point in the first three rounds, because we've said it before, Cobb, Adams, Jennings, uh, James Jones, Jordy Nelson, all second or third rounders. So if anyone knows the talent they can find past the first round at that position, it's Brian Gutekunst, who's been here for a while. So I wouldn't you know, be surprised to to see that again. Yeah, that's in returns punts. Yes. You know, if, if that interests you, Rich well, Passaccia. I would imagine he, he would like a new punt returner and kick returner. The uh, Britton Covey, Britton Covey, however you say his name, the returner from Utah. Maybe you don't want another slot receiver, but you got to invest in special teams. And you can't just be like, uh, listen, I know Amari Rogers returned, you know, returned in college, but you got to get guys on special teams. And we've talked about this before. I'm a broken record on this, but you can't pinch pennies on special teams anymore. Nope. Yeah, whether it's it's your new punter, whether it's a returner, whether it's just some guys who can go chase down kicks. Boy, oh boy. Poor Rich Passaccia. He he went to a bad bad situation and it's gotten worse. And he's probably getting paid a lot of money, so I'm sure it's fine for him. Good point. Long as the checks don't bounce, that's what I always say. Long as the checks don't bounce. Before we get out of here, one more. Tight end. I think Robert Tunyon's going to be an interesting case. Someone mm-hmm. uh, mentioned to me Denver, or I, I shouldn't say someone, that sounds like a source. Someone asked me in my live chat, you know, what are the chances he goes to Denver? Because Justin Outen and Hackett are obviously there. They just traded Noah Fant to Seattle in the Russell Wilson trade. I could see that. They know what yep. he's capable of. Those are coaches uh, more so than any others who would be likely to take a chance on him coming off the torn ACL. But, man, the Packers needed a pass-catching threat at tight end the second half of last season, and they just didn't have it. So I wouldn't expect his market to be booming because of that injury. I would like to see if I'm the Packers, Robert Tunyon re-sign in Green Bay. Because if he gets healthy and he's and he's back to full strength early in the season, that's a that's a that's almost as much of a difference maker as a number two wide receiver. Absolutely. You know, and if there's no market for Tunyon because of the injury and because he really is just a one year wonder kind of guy, you wonder if he wouldn't come back for semi inexpensive for one year just to see what if he can kind of rekindle twenty twenty and then make the you know, make a truckload of money next free agency when the cap's supposed to be way up and he might be coming off a good year. So yeah. um, I, I would think the longer this goes, uh, the better news for the Packers. But yeah, you're right, Matt. They God, they missed him last year. He could stretch the field. He always got open. And he caught everything thrown within like a mile of him. It was amazing. Yep. And it's ironic that his injury came at the end of a really nice 33-yard catch and run. It's that play, not the injury, is just a microcosm of of what Tunyon can do. Two years ago, he tied Travis Kelsey, a future Hall of Famer for the NFL lead among tight ends and touchdown catches with 11. He's a difference maker down the seam. Um, So I think it would be nice for the Packers to get him back. We'll see what happens. 
Uh, as of this time, it is 4.58 Central Time. I'm back in Connecticut, so it's 5.59 now. We don't know how the Packers got under the cap. Um, whether it was restructuring got uh, someone, uh, cutting someone, or, you know, Packers still haven't announced the Devondre Campbell extension, so maybe he just didn't sign it so they didn't have to cut it under the count it against the cap, and it was just a good faith uh, agreement that he wouldn't go anywhere else. Um, so I promise, for everyone asking how'd they get under the cap, we're not hiding it from you. If we knew, we would tell you. <laughs> and probably by the time you listen to what I'm saying right now, that news will be out. So just disregard everything I'm saying. But uh, for me, for Billy Scoops, Breaking News Bill, <laughs> we'll catch you again in another two weeks for some draft prep. It's almost the draft. Yeah, I should month, probably do some work on that. Month and a half. Maybe we'll do a March Madness episode. But um, uh, we'll talk to you guys soon. Appreciate you listening as always. Take care. <laughs>